0: The pregame show, your early morning shot of sports on ninety five seven. The game. Come on.
1: Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you. Ninety five seven. The game. I know you expect me to do the big yes, sir, opening, but doing this show more with a heavy heart today as. Uh, learned yesterday of the passing of A's broadcaster, uh, Ray Fossey, and that's what I want to talk about in this first segment, and I have other things that I do want to talk about as well. Uh, I want to talk about the Raiders and how the players handled themselves in that presser yesterday as Mike Mayock, interim head coach Rich Bisaccia, Derek Carr, Darren Waller, Uh Max Crosby, all of them spoke to the media yesterday. I do want to share some thoughts on that. And of course, do have Game 5 of the Dodgers and the Giants tonight. And if anyone is a fan of baseball, all eyes are going to be on them tonight. So do want to preview that. But underlying all of it is, is doing the show, you know knowing that uh, uh, of the passing of Ray Fossey. And uh, if you want to weigh in at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero at the text line or the phone number, um, if you want to share your thoughts on, on Ray Fossey, I, I find it just fascinating with us as fans and uh, and and broadcasters, play-by-play guys, color guys, whoever it is, But if they have been in the business for as long as Fossey had, I mean, he'd been doing this since 1986. And me being born in the early 90s, I'd grown up with him. You know, my parents were A's fans, so uh, you know it, it was a, a we were on both sides of the coin in, in our family. I guess my my brother and I were looking at us at it, at it a, with more of a rebellious sense, being Giants fans. But with our parents being A's fans, they were on our TV a lot, and and so was Ray Fossey. And knowing just how much that he'd gone through, I remember the reaction that I think a lot of people had. When the news came out that he was silently battling cancer for the past 16 years, we were, you know, I was taken aback by it. When you hear silently battling cancer, you just wonder, I mean, how could somebody do that? Like, how? How? How do they do it silently? And not only to do it, but also to do it while you're on TV, while you are putting yourself in front of people every single night for 16 years. It was just it was just really sad to hear. And uh, here's a statement we got both from NBC Sports California and from the A's as well. Uh, this is from the Oakland A's. The Oakland A's are heartbroken to learn of the passing of Ray Fossey. Few people epitomize what it means to be an athletic more than Ray. He was the type of franchise icon who always made sure every player, coach, colleague, and fan knew that they were part of the A's family. We send our deep and deepest condolences to Carol, Nikki, and Lindsay, his family and friends during this tickle, difficult time. We'll miss you, Ray. And then this is the statement from NBC Sports California as they do broadcast the games. NBC Sports California is deeply saddened to learn of Ray Fossey's passing. Our thoughts are with his wife, Carol, his daughters, Nikki and Lindsay, and his family as we mourn the loss of a truly exceptional colleague and friend. Ray's deep connection and significant impact on NBC Sports California, the A's franchise, and the fan base over a half a century as a player, broadcaster, and ambassador will endure well into the future. We are thankful to have known Ray and fortunate to have been a part of his tremendous life and career. He will be greatly missed. And you think about it, it's just the way that he loved the team and the way that he loved the game, especially these, these past 20 years, with how things have gone, you know, you had a, the type of team in the early 2000s that could have been, you know, a World Series contender. I mean, 2001, if you look back at it, was one of the best days teams that they had ever rolled out there, and they really weren't able to do much. And then you fast forward, you got the, you know, the Moneyball team where they have the 20-game win streak and everything surrounding that. But they didn't really have much to show for it. And then you fast forward to the late 2000s to the early 2010s when they're starting to really get their team together. And, you know, the front office decides that they're going to trade a bunch of these players. And now you get to this point where you have two straight 97 win seasons and there's not much to show for it there. You have the 2020 year where they make it to the division series against the Astros, and you have this past season, which was uh, pretty disappointing. But throughout that entire time, whenever you're hearing Ray on the on the on the TV or on the radio, depending on what it was, I mean, the dudes always remain positive. You could tell how much he loved the team, and, and you know these ones just these ones hit different. You know these that when you hear uh, of someone like this passing it's just you feel like you you know them in a way because you invite them into your living room every night or you invite them into your car whenever you're whenever you're driving home every night Back when we were broadcasting A's games, I was uh, working the board, so I was hearing, uh, you know, I was I, that was my first job, really, over here at 95.7, was to grab highlights from A's games and, and and listen through. And you could tell the passion that he had whenever he was on the broadcast. And and, and again, just to hear the word silently battling cancer, it just really it really sets you back uh, a, a little bit. And, you know, you just take a step back and you, you really... You hear that cliche, that 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 saying that really you don't know what someone else is going through, and that's why you need to show them compassion. And you know, if you were watching Ray Fossey on TV, you really would have had, uh, you really would have had no idea. Really would have had no idea. Oh, uh, we do have a caller here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Uh, Antonio from Oakland. Antonio in Oakland. All right, man. What do you want to say?
2: Hey man, I think I got a Ray Fosse bat somewhere in seventy four, seventy five. When you they used to have pitcher day, they used to have bat day. Yeah, and then Ray was like the last voice of the A's for the Bay Area, a, the the dying breed of the East Bay A's fans out here that's left. Man, that 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 follow the A's, and um, it's amazing that he was able to, to, to carry on for all these years. And then I think he came out last year. Then I mean, he probably stepped down for a while. But uh, yeah, I appreciate you giving the A's props, man. And um. Um, just one of my childhood, uh, uh, you know, childhood of, of A fan back in the day, man. So thank you, man,
1: for putting. You, and, and I got to tell you, Antonio, I was, you know, I was growing up as a fan, you know, and I just so happened to stumble into sports media, really. And, you know, you, you, you think you know somebody when you're watching them on TV, and then you hear details from people who have worked with him, and, you know, you hear stories, and you just, you learn that, Ray Fossey was who you thought he was, which was a, a, a great guy. And, and you know, it's it's and, and again, like you mentioned, it's the the silently battling cancer part. Not only that, but for 16 years, I mean, you wouldn't have been able to tell ever since you know 2006.
2: Ray was a great storyteller. He would talk about him breaking up fights with Reggie and and the guys back in the day. Man, it was like I said, it's the last kind of link to that. To the era of me i'm 56 now seeing the the glory days of the raiders and the glory days of the a's man it's kind of a it's a it's a it's a sad day and um yeah um thank, thank you for sharing that i appreciate it
1: yeah appreciate you uh, antonio thank you for calling in we have another caller here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero if you'd like to share your thoughts on uh on ray fossey what's your name where are you calling from sir or ma'am.
0: My name is Howard. I'm calling from Oakland. Oakland. And, and I just want to say, Ray Fossey was great. I used to sing because I do security at the A's game. Oh, yeah. And I worked in the elevator, in the elevator, taking the press to the press box. And I would see Ray every day when he was coming in. And matter of fact, I saw him the night that he got sick. And he didn't look like himself, and I knew it was something wrong, man. Hmm. But I would like to say, I don't know if you guys can, if you could reach out to the city council and Mr. Fisher and Dave Campbell and say, let's come together together. And let's forget about arguing and build this stadium in Ray Fossey's name and his honor to keep the A's in Oakland. Let's get this done. We can name it after him. If you don't want to go to, you know, to Howard Terminal, build it at the College and name it in the honor of Ray Fossey to keep his name alive. I mean, this would be something great to keep his name alive and keep it going.
1: I appreciate you calling in. I I don't exactly have that kind of pool where I can, you know, just you know, text Dave Cavill or text anyone from Oakland City Council. But I I mean, those that's the thing. Those are the stories right there. You hear that? You you, he rode up in the elevator with them met him. It's just, you hear nothing but good things. I, you know, I was on the phone with my mom yesterday, and my mom being the A's fan that she is, and she always, you know, she has run-ins with certain players or broadcasters because she goes to all those events, and she ran into one with Ray Fossey, and if you know me, I mean, you listen at 5 a.m. and 5 a.m., and at some point, I'm sure I've mentioned this, but, you know, the family, they have English accents, and Ray Fossey met my mom and, you know, instead of wanting to talk baseball, which he does with any fan, he was just asking her about her her English accent and wondering where she's from in England and why she's a baseball fan and really wanted to get to know her. He was was fascinated by it. And it just goes to show uh, the type of person he was. But... You know and he was a great player too it's not just a not just as a broadcaster a great player and when you read something like uh, as Antonio mentioned earlier when he gets into um, or when when Reggie Jackson gets into a fight with I believe it was Billy Frost if I'm not mistaken I mean let me just I just want to double check that here Billy North sorry Billy Frost Billy North uh, but he went on the disabled list after that by attempting to break up that locker room fight between those guys I mean that's a That's a player right there. He's an old-school type of guy who transitioned into the new version of baseball. And, you know, I I would have loved to have met him and just heard some stories. I know uh, if you have listened to the station for a while, a previous producer here uh, with the mornings, Cody Elias, he went over to the Yays, worked as a multimedia producer with Chris Townsend and, you know, he's said nothing but uh, great things for the past couple of years because he's been working pretty closely with Ray and he said, you know, he would just talk baseball with him and he was great to talk baseball with. Just about life with with him. You know, so hearing that news yesterday, it just, it just hits you different. I mean, 35 years Thirty-five years as a broadcaster here, uh, over in the Bay Area for the A's. It's it, it means something to a lot of people here, and he has he's had an impact on a lot of people. Let's go to the next caller here at triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero. What's your name? Where are you calling from?
3: This is uh, Eric from Oakland.
1: Eric in Oakland. What's going on, Eric? Uh,
3: yeah, I'm. Uh, you know, I'm upset, like any other Oakland A's fan. It is life. We live. We die. You know, I'm, I want to send my condolences out to all the Oakland Athletic fans, to uh, his immediate family, Carol, his wife of 51 years. You know, when I think of Ray Fossey, I think of all my youth listening to him on the radio. Uh, I, I think of a, a gentle smile, a grandfather-like uh, figure, um, someone that um, really explained baseball uh, from from a player's perspective, someone that made uh, the radio graphic as you're driving down the freeway. You could actually see what's happening and feel what's happening. I, I'm really going to miss the man. I think uh, he's one of the Bay Area legends. We've been lucky enough in the Bay Area to have some really good radio broadcasters on both stations, to be honest with you. Correct. But this man right here being an Ace fan, really... You know, we lost Bill King a while ago, and and now Ray Fossey, And uh, I, I just want to extend my condolences out to the Oakland A's organization, to his wife Carol, like I said, and to every Oakland A's fan. And rest in peace, man. And rest in peace.
1: Appreciate you calling in, Eric, and for uh, for sharing your thoughts there. And and you're you're right. <laughs> we are so lucky here in the Bay Area to have the broadcasters that we have, not only uh, with the Giants, but also. With the A's, Glenn Kuyper, Ray Fossey, and then you know Dallas Braden coming up. Ken Korak on the radio, Vince Catronio alongside with them. Roxy Birdsteed on the call uh, every now and then. We've had some we we've had some great broadcasters here uh, over the years. So just hearing this news yesterday, it, it just it, it hits different. It hits different when it's a broadcaster who has been with the same team, hasn't gone, hasn't left. Despite everything that was going on. Despite everything that was happening with the team. And I didn't even mention, you know, I mentioned all the the trading of players and the lack of World Series appearances ever since 1989, but I haven't even mentioned going through the whole move from Oakland. The whole move from Oakland. And, you know... He's been professional, a class act, and, and just a, a great guy. in Ray Fossey, so condolences with the family, with his friends, with the A's family, every everybody here, because it's just a, it's a it's a sad day in the Bay Area. At least it was yesterday; still is today. Uh, but coming up next, do want to talk a little bit uh, about the Raiders situation and the press conference that was going on because there was. One sweeping thought that I had as I'm watching Mike Mayock, interim head coach Rich Passaccia, Derek Carr, Max Crosby all speak to the media. So we'll get to that next. Stephen Langford on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Even like for with you, ninety-five-seven. Now we did have the Raiders speak yesterday, and you know I don't know how appropriate it would be to talk Raiders tomorrow, as we have Giants Dodgers uh, in Game Five. So did want to spend the segment here talking about that. Then we will get to a little Giants Dodgers. World Series preview, um, but just know that, you know, before you text in asking if I'm going to talk about Ray Fossey, spent the first segment doing it and doing the show with a, with a, with a heavy heart, knowing that, uh, knowing that Ray, uh, knowing of Ray's passing from yesterday as we heard that he was silently battling cancer uh, uh, for the past 16 years, and we heard that last season when he took a leave of, ab- of absence from the uh, from the A's, from the broadcast, and we learned yesterday of his passing. So condolences to his family, to his friends, and not only just the A's and their organization, but also for the A's fans, too, because I know... Um, with friends who are A's fans, with family who are A's fans, I know how much uh, Ray Fossey uh, meant to a lot of people. So, uh, condolences out uh, to his family, friends, and really the entire A's organization and the A's fan base. And from the five one zero, before we do get to the Raiders and their press conference yesterday... Uh, I met Ray several years ago at spring training, and he couldn't have been nicer. I've been a fan since the A's came here, so for me, he's been a part of my life for a very long time. I will truly miss him. That is from Lori. From the 925, he was a good A, an athletic, and will be missed. And also from the 415, two words, class, courage. Rest in peace, Mr. Fossey. So... Just a just a tough day uh, in the Bay Area yesterday and following into it today. Now, if you want to uh, hear some more thoughts about it with someone who has known him personally, uh, Shooty Babbitt is going to be joining the morning roast uh, in a couple of hours here, uh, about 7.40. So make sure you tune in to that. But I do want to react to the Raiders here and what happened yesterday because it was... An interesting, it's been an interesting week, to say the least, uh, for the Las Vegas Raiders after John Gruden's resignation. And yesterday, we knew that Mr. General Manager Mike Mayock, knew that Derek Carr, Max Crosby, Darren Waller, interim head coach Mike Passaccia, they were all going to meet with the media and right off the bat I just got to say I think they handled themselves admirably. Admirably yesterday. For the way that they were answering questions, you could tell that you could tell that Mike Mayock was just angry. You could tell that he was really mad at the entire situation because it distracts you from the game of football and you know, being NBA fans, we know how much the off the court drama Affect stuff that goes on on the court, but in the NFL, they really try to not let it affect them because it's a week to week league. You only have so many games, and as Mike Mayock kept uh, as Mike Mayock kept referring, it's they're three and two, and their focus is on the football field. Uh, so Mike Mayock, he did his press conference, he he made his piece, and. You know, basically said that he's mad at the situation, um, still loves John Gruden, but I felt like Derek Carr said it perfectly yesterday. And knowing the social justice warriors here on Twitter, if you could say the wrong thing, it might get misinterpreted, especially if you say it to the media. If you say the wrong thing, then it could just blow up and people will use your words without context. And Derek Carr, I thought, had a very well thought out, very balanced, emotionally balanced press conference. And here's what Derek Carr said uh, with his closing statement here in yesterday's presser.
4: I hate, you know, uh, you know, you hate, you hate the sin, you know, like for me, you hate for anybody no one's perfect if we just started opening up everybody's private emails and texts you know people would start sweating a little bit you see what i'm saying hopefully not too many you know uh but maybe that's what they should do for all coaches and gms and owners from now on is open up you got to open up everything you know see what happens but you hate the action you hate it. You're not supposed to like it, but you love the person. And I love the person. You know, I've grew I've grown to love him so much. We spent so much time together. We've been through so many battles. You know, we've been through so many things together. He's always had my back. He's always been there for me. And I love his family. I love his wife. I love his kids. And I think that's why it's hard, you know, because you don't he's not around. It's over. It's not he's not going to be around. And that's the hard part. That for me as a human being is the hardest part. As a football player, Like I said, I got a job to do, regardless of what's going on. Long story short, man, you hate, you hate, you feel for everybody involved, but I will always be someone, no matter who does what, I'm going to love you. And if that's wrong, then I'm okay being wrong.
1: And Derek's always been a very um, respectable type of guy, regardless of what you may think about him on the field and whatnot. But here's my main question, and I and I love what he said there. I think he said it perfectly. Uh, if you opened some people's private texts or emails now, they'd start sweating a little bit. And I think people have a tough time uh, looking in the mirror when they decide to call somebody out for, for something like that. But here's the thing that got me yesterday. It wasn't... You know, Mike Mayock. It wasn't anything that Rich Passaccia said. Of course, I just played that Derek Cara statement right there. And uh, Max Crosby and Darren Waller all handling themselves like total professionals. But one guy who's not is the owner, Mark Davis. Like, what is going on? This is the quote that we got before any of those guys even started speaking. And this is from Paul Gutierrez of ESPN. This was the first tweet that came out. Just spoke with Raiders owner Mark Davis. Quote, I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. End quote. Come on, man. (laughs) Like, Like, I go back to the Astros, right? Involved in one of the biggest cheating scandals in Major League history. That's really what it was. In the history of Major League Baseball, we'll always look back at that 2018 season and what happened with the Astros. And you had... The owner, Jim Crane, who held a press conference, who had a couple of players sit beside him, who had Dusty Baker there, which it really wasn't fair to Dusty Baker, but all the attention, a majority of the attention, was on Jim Crane. Now, granted, that's a whole different situation because the statements by the players wasn't a fan of that. I think the Raiders players handled themselves way better uh, than those guys did with the Astros. They didn't even answer any questions. They They just made a brief statement and then just sat down, but... For Mark Davis just to not even say anything at this point, I'm sure he will. I'm sure he'll talk about it at some point. But right now, when people need answers, and Mark Davis was the guy who hired this guy, and Mike Mayock was being very professional and, you know, uh, giving the politically correct answer and saying that Mark Davis did his due diligence. <laughs> did he? Did he do his due diligence, really? Because. He hired a guy who put all of this stuff in an email that eventually was going to get released. I- eventually. And no, it's not just from 10 years ago. It's If you read the article from the New York Times, it's all leading up to 2018. And I'm just wondering, how do you not talk? How do you not hold a press conference? How do you not answer questions? This thing for him, I, I mean, this is the team that he built, him and John Gruden. Right? Mark Davis is on the end of that. And right now, if you're in Las Vegas, if you're in a place where there are plenty of people who are just as rich as you are, even though you're an NFL owner, it could get to a point where he could have to sell the team if he doesn't handle himself the right way. I just, I can't stand it. I can't stand reading that. I have no comment. Ask the NFL. They have all the answers. Yeah. As a Raider fan, it just makes you—it makes you sick seeing that. It really does, especially with how it's gone ever since he took over after his dad's passing. And Al Davis would have handled this in front of the media right away. (laughs) Hell, I saw someone say yesterday on Twitter that he would have just broken in somehow, broken into the Monday Night Football broadcast and would have made his statement right then and there in the middle of the Ravens and the Colts game. I can't, I just, he's scared is what he is. And how how can you be in this situation? How can you be? We're supposed to respect everyone's feelings, and I understand that. But when you have a fan base who wants answers, who's been through a lot, and instead you got your GM, your interim head coach, and your players talking about it, answering questions about it, but you can't, it's a bad look it's a bad look and i can't imagine and, and, and one thing you you will notice if you watch the press conferences there everyone besides everyone besides mike mayock and rich pisaccia who do mention him the players they don't the players haven't mentioned him at all they mentioned mike mayock they say they got his back rich pisaccia they say he's got a, they say he's a good leader and they're excited to play for him They didn't mention a single thing about Mark Davis. Something's not going right there. And from the 707, Mark Davis is afraid to give his opinion on fear that they'll start digging stuff up about him. (sighs) (laughs) Hey, I'll tell you this. From a guy who went to Chico State uh, and graduated from there in four and a half years, higher than the average. uh, (laughs) uh, Mark Davis was in Chico during the pioneer days. In the Pioneer days, you hear stuff about it because there are guys who still live in Chico from that time. And I'm sitting there going, What I really want? You know, I'm sitting at a party and I'm like, can you imagine if one of these guys, one of my peers here, would become an NFL owner? <laughs> you know? It's like, probably not a good situation. And that's where Mark Davis went. I, I he'll, He will talk eventually, but just not to do it now, as opposed to... What happened with the Houston Astros and looking at the owner Jim Crane and knowing that he held a press conference, you gotta be the leader here. And he's just not a leader. That's it. He's not. And that's what we're drawing from this. All right. Triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number. Coming up next, do want to preview the Giants and the Dodgers because we have Probably the biggest non-World Series game to happen this year. I saw that question asked with Steiny and Guru, and I thought that was very well put. This could be, this might be, at least in my lifetime, this is the biggest non-World Series game that we'll be seeing. All eyes are going to be on the Giants and the Dodgers. And there were some comments made from the guests on the Morning Roast yesterday from Rob Parker of Fox Sports and Giants Premium post-game analyst George Contos. There's a reason why I think the Giants have a leg up on the Dodgers. We'll get to all that next. Stephen Langford in on the pregame show, 95.7 The Game. Now back to the pregame show on 95.7 The Game. Here's Stephen Langford. Good morning, everybody. Stephen Langford in with you, 95.7 The Game want to talk a little Giants-Dodgers here in 888-957-9570 that's the text line and the phone number it is game five and I want to know what's the key for you tonight is it going to be the pitching or is it going to be the hitting 888-957-9570 do you need a good start or do you need the lineup I mean you know you need both of them obviously but which one are you putting on top of the other starting with pitching or starting with hitting. Right off the bat, get some runs or starting with pitching because there's some there's a number for Julio Urias who is going to be getting the start tonight for the Dodgers against Logan Webb that I have that I think it, it, it's a pretty big one, in my opinion, and I'll get to that in just a second. But before we do, get into more of the preview, because uh, Rob Parker from Fox Sports and George Contos, Giants pre- and post-game analyst, they were on yesterday uh, with the morning roast, and they had a couple of things to say which make you think that the Giants tonight have a leg up on the Dodgers. Uh, but we are I am doing this show uh, with a heavy heart, and I talked about this for the first uh, fifteen minutes, and unfortunately, I only got uh, an hour to go to here. So, if I had, you know, two full hours, I would have spent more time on it. But it is with a doing a doing the show with a, uh, doing the show with a heavy heart this morning, as we learned of the passing of A's broadcaster of thirty-five years, of course, former A's player on the team uh, back in the early seventies when they were the championship team, the World Series team that won three in a row. Uh, but the passing of Mr. Ray Fossey. So condolences to the A's organization, to the A's family, and to A's fans. And to A's fans, because I I uh I you know I grew up with A's fans, grew up Uh, with my mom and dad who were A's fans. I guess my brother and I became Giants fans to be more rebellious, but really, it was in the household. We had both these games on. You know, we always had the A's on in the living room or the Giants on in another room, whatever it was. Uh, But, it, you know, Ray Fossey was a big part of the media. He was a big part of the A's. And growing up, on TV and radio, I didn't know anything else besides Ray Fossey as uh, Ray Fossey as uh, as the analyst. There, it's you know when these guys are on TV for so long, you invite them into your living room. They become a part of your life, and you feel like you know them in a way. And I think any sports fan not only in the Bay Area, but any sports fan who watches teams religiously and have local broadcasters, I think we can all relate to that uh, around sports. And, you know, I I always say, like, one of the things with sports that makes it so beautiful is that you feel emotions that really not a lot of people feel, (laughs) you know, especially when they're adults, the nervous pressure you feel when you're watching a game. You don't feel that with a lot of other things in life. And you also build a bond with these broadcasters, with these players, with these teams, something that's, that's bigger than yourself. And, you know, hearing of the passing of Ray Fossian, knowing last year, uh, again, the silently battling cancer, when you hear those words for 16 years, but silently battling cancer, that takes a strong individual to do that. And to also be on your TV every night and give you the insight, the analysis, but also share his love of the game with you on the TV, and also to do that all with a smile on his face. And, you know, it was unfortunate to hear that news yesterday. So rest in peace uh, to Ray Fossey. But I wonder what he thought of this new age of baseball, because if you don't like the three true outcomes, if you don't like the analytics, if you don't like any of that, one thing you got to admit if you're a baseball fan is that the playoffs have been very entertaining, and I I think that going to last year, even in a 60-game season, watching the Rays and and their come up, the National League wasn't that great last year, but now we have Game 5 of the Giants and the Dodgers. An iconic rivalry within the world of sports is all coming down to this. And it only feels fitting, doesn't it? It only feels fitting that that the Giants and the Dodgers came down to 162 where they're a, game, a, a game separated them and then they get to the playoffs and now it comes down to the final Game 5. I mean, I, of course, we would have liked to have seen a National League Championship Series, a seven-game series between the two, and I don't even know if that's going to happen. But what we got right now in front of us is the NLDS between these two, the first time they met in the postseason, and it all comes down to this winner-take-all matchup. And Rob Parker of Fox Sports, I understand, because we're gonna, I'm going to get some texts here at 888 saying... Rob Parker's full of it. He doesn't actually believe anything that he says. Well, that's a misconception about some of these media members. Sure, they might be saying something on TV or on uh, on TV to to get the spotlight a little bit, which, you know, I do believe that having that take on Steph Curry being the gamote, the greatest mirage of all time. Of course, that was it was an asinine comment, right? But other things that he does talk about when he's joined the radio, he's very astute with his points, very eloquent with his points, and he's a huge baseball fan. Here's what Rob Parker had to say yesterday on the morning roast about the Dodgers.
3: Yeah, it would be a major disappointment, and I think uh, you know that they had failed when you think about having the team that won the World Series a year ago. The players that they have, I mean, I call them the new evil empire. Their payroll is $100 billion more than the Yankees. But the Dodgers have spent money like it's going out of style. <laughs> and when you go at the trade deadline and you get uh, Turner and Scherzer, I mean, you're expecting to go to the World Series. I don't care what anybody says. That's supposed to put you over the top when you add an ace to your uh, rotation and an all-star you know, middle infielder. Mm-hmm. How in the world... Are you thinking that with the team you already had that you aren't supposed to win the World Series or at least get there? So if they get knocked out by the Giants and that's it, it will be a failure for the Dodgers
1: this year. So you hear that. And, and Rob Parker's not the only guy who thinks that. I guarantee you the Dodgers feel that. They feel that pressure to win. They feel that pressure tonight. It all comes down to this in Game 5. Uh, with the uh, with the uh, with the Giants, I mean, we said before the season, or at least before the playoffs, like, hey. If they don't win the World Series, it's not the end of the world because they won 107 games to get to this point. But if they can at least make it a competitive five games with the Dodgers, we're not going to be happy. No, of course we're not going to be happy. We wish they would have gone farther. But we can at least live with the idea that they were competitive within the playoffs that they made against a team who like Rob Parker said, has spent money as if it's going out of style. So I heard that, and then George Contos. George Contos, Giants pre- and post-game live. He was on the World Series team uh, in 2012, and when he was asked about that 2012 team who went through two winner-take-all games, here's what George Contos had to say when going into something like this.
3: You know what, when you have nothing to lose... It makes you a very dangerous team when you have nothing to lose. If you, if if it's just we lose this game and go home, then you're coming out swinging and that's the best way to be. And I think that when you get everybody on the same page of, of putting egos to the side, which I think the, this Giants team has done such a fantastic job of doing. No one is bigger than the team. And I think that's what, what, that's what's made their success so prevalent this year. You know, you got to go in, you got to stay loose, you got to play good fundamental baseball. And it's inevitable that someone's going to strike out, someone's going to give up a base hit, and what can the guy right behind him, next man up, how can he pick him up and pick the team up? And I think that's the motto, and that's what this team has, and that's what our team's had in 2012.
1: And they're playing with nothing to lose. I mean, sure, they got the the season to lose, and it's a winner-take-all game, but when you look at it, what he's really talking about, if you try and just read between the lines here and not look at what he's saying at a surface level... He's saying that this team does not have any pressure on it right now. They were expected <laughs> they were expected to have 33 less wins than they had. The over under was at 73 and a half in Vegas. <laughs> it's crazy how they they they've overcome everything this season and they're not expected to get to this point. The Dodgers are the Dodgers are all the pressure's on the Dodgers and not only that, you're in Oracle Park and it's a week night. Well, I mean, depending on who you are. Some people say Thursday is the start of the weekend, whatever. We we can have that discussion for another day. Hey, maybe next week during the bye week when we don't have much going on. Is Thursday the start of the weekend? That might be a topic topic for next Wednesday. But it's a weekday to me. And the advantage that the Dodgers had over the Giants in those two games that they had at their home stadium was that it wasn't a Friday or Saturday. So you open it up to a lot of Dodger fans to come up from L.A. and possibly go to Oracle Park and watch their team play. I wonder if it will be the same tonight. I wonder if it will be the same tonight. And triple eight nine five seven nine five seven zero is the text line and the phone number if you want to weigh in. But I want to know from you, what do you think needs to be more of a priority. Do you think it needs to be the pitching, or do you think it needs to be the lineup? Because here's the stats that I was looking up yesterday. If you look up the splits for Logan Webb compared to Julio Urias, and you look up the run support, Logan Webb's fine. Logan Webb's fine. His ERA is pretty much the same through all of those splits, like, he's got just under a 2.5 ERA, depending on the run support. 2.76 with 0-2 to two runs scored for him. 2.68 with 3-5 to five runs scored for him. And 3.54 with 6-plus runs scored for him. Now, you know, the wins and losses are a little different. They're a little bit of a different story. But, Julio Urias, and I look to his numbers... His splits, when he has 3-5 to five runs scored for him, with that run support, a 2.61 ERA. With 6-plus runs scored for him, a 2.84 ERA. But with 0-2 to two runs scored, a 4.08 ERA. Now granted, it was only with 28 innings pitched. However, that shows me if Logan Webb is putting the pressure on him. Now, you want to get on him on the top, in the bottom of the first, no doubt. But if Logan Webb gets through his half of the inning unscathed, it's on Julio Urias to get it done for his team. And those numbers show me right there. I Granted, they're a little skewed. Granted, I know it's not everything because it's 28 innings pitched, and quite frankly, he's had a lot of innings pitched with a lot of run support. Actually, a, a hell of a lot. Hell of a lot of run support for him. Damn, the numbers he's had with six-plus runs scored, it's 95. 95 innings pitched compared to the 28. Dude gets a lot of run support. So to me, I'm putting more of an emphasis on starting pitching. (laughs) Like, Like, I'm putting more of an emphasis on Logan Webb to get it done. Because if Logan Webb gets it done, then it's all on Urias to try and get through this lineup. Now granted, this lineup hasn't hit well. They haven't hit well at all. I mean, let, let's be honest. The, the runners in scoring position, the guys besides, you know, Brandon Crawford and Buster Posey, a lot of it's been a disappointment. Uh, Chris Bryant's been fantastic, by the way. Chris Bryant, um, I feel like, is is earning his paycheck here uh, with, the, with how he's doing in the playoffs. But, man, I think it's up to Logan Webb here. If he gets it done, then Orius is not going to be able to handle that pressure, and you can get on him that way. I think that's where the Giants will have an advantage in the lineup, as opposed to these previous games where on Saturday, even though the pitching was there for the for the Dodgers, and it's a little different, it was a little different. I know Julio Urias pitched on Saturday, and he did pretty damn well against this Giants team, but it's game five. It's different. It's it, it, This is winner take all, and I'm just so excited for this one. From the four one five. Dodgers with the Chris Rock analogy pressure. You supposed to win. What you want? A cookie? <laughs> From the five one oh, when you, you win a hundred wait, hang on a second. Let me let me try and get this here. You win hundred and seven games. That talk about there's no pressure is false. They were played with their best record in the league for the whole season. That talk is out the window. Giants fans already making excuses, I see. Ah, so you're not a Giants fan. The issue about Rob Parker is the vid you watch and listen to him on the radio or the TV. His picks are always wrong, so that's bad news for the Giants. <laughs> Damn, you pay attention to every pick that he makes? Do you keep like a like an Excel spreadsheet? You keep a notepad of all the picks that everyone makes? <laughs> but tonight, I, I I don't know the lineup that they need to trot out there. I want to see Austin Slater... Darren Ruff Darren Ruff in that last game, by the way, just did not look all that great. Um, when the bases were loaded, I understand that he have I understand that he has um I understand that he had the ground out in order to get the run in, one of the lone RBIs for that team and their seven to two loss in game four, but the way that he was looking at the plate, he did not look ready at all. You could, you know, it's uh, what's that? What's the line from Scarface? It's in the eyes, Chico. You could tell in his eyes that he wasn't really ready. He looked, looked a little nervous. Looked a little nervous from the six five zero. Basically, whoever scores more runs will win. It's more of a nuanced conversation than that six five zero. Of course, I could say that, but I'm telling you, with. The 0-2 to two run scored for the Dodgers, and Julio Urias, that's where his ERA is at his highest. That's where I'm saying I think Logan Webb, it starts with Logan Webb, and then it goes to the lineup. Everyone's talking about the lineup and the fact that they need to step it up, and that's absolutely true. But when I'm looking at the numbers here, I'm saying that the advantage that the Giants would have is if Logan Webb would get out of the inning, then the Giants can get on the board early. Because if the Giants get on the board early, we know what that does. It changes their entire game plan, and that's what they need to do tonight. That's what they need to do. I need Logan Webb to go at least five. Need Logan Webb to go at least five. Because this is where you pull out all the stops. Last game, you absolutely needed D. Sclafani to have a good start uh, if you wanted to save any of these bullpen arms. I don't think... That Gabe Kapler wanted to pull anybody with an inning and in two third, uh, going into an inning and in two thirds of a game. I don't think Kapler wanted to do that. And in that term, he had to use he had to use pretty much everybody in his bullpen and all six pinch hitters that he had available off the bench, ending with Kurt Casale. But tonight, I want to see Logan Webb. This would be my perfect. This would be my perfect. This would be my perfect box score here, is what I'm saying. I'd want Logan Webb to go five, then I'd want Gosman to go two, then I'd want Tyler Rogers to pitch the eighth, and then I'd want Camilo Doval to come into the ninth because Tyler Rogers, I think, has been fantastic in this series, and I want to see him in the big moment. I think he deserves that. After everything that Tyler Rogers has done this season, I mean, this dude at one point had pitched more games than anybody else in the major leagues. In the major leagues, he was coming in so much, and now you get to game five. I think he I think he deserves that. But that would be my perfect box score right there: Logan Webb five, Kevin Gosman coming in for two, and then Tyler Rogers in the eighth, and then uh, then Camilo Duval in the ninth. Or my perfect box score would be Logan Webb all nine innings doesn't give up a hit. Doesn't give up a single run. <laughs> pitch a pitches a perfect game. Just only seeing Logan Webb in the box score. But I'm trying to be realistic here. I'm trying to be realistic, okay? Nuanced conversations. That's what we have here on the pregame show. From the 408, it's okay, Giants fans. If you lose, the Niners will make it exciting and go to the Super Bowl, only to lose to the Bengals. You have the Bengals going to the Super Bowl? <laughs> hey, I like watching the Bengals. Don't make fun of the Bengals. They're turning it around. From the 707, Mookie and Trey Turner are winning this for the Dodgers. I am worried about Mookie. I am worried about Mookie. Trey Turner, George Contos was saying on the morning roast yesterday that Trey, uh, that Trey Turner's the guy you got to neutralize. He's the guy you got to neutralize here. From the 510, I think it's time for the Giants fans to have an Ace fan experience. A soul-crushing loss in an elimination game should do the trick.
4: <laughs> fans are funny,
1: man. From a 5-1-0. The teams that scored first have won every game. That's the key. All right. All right. I got you. I, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. Can't argue against it. They just need to They need to pounce on him early. Put put pressure on him. Just get base runners on. Get him out of the stretch. Don't let Urias work out of the windup. That's what we need to see. And, you know, we're going to be seeing Scherzer at some point. And Scherzer, in the time that he's ever come in, in relief, has always been been very good. And you can imagine, uh, knowing how competitive of a guy he is, it's, I'm put, I put him, yeah, I, I'm not going to say statistically, but I put him in that same vein as Madison Bumgarner, where he is ready for the moment and he's going to live up to that moment. Like, Max Scherzer, don't want to see him. But if we do, I want to see him early. I want to see Urias gone by the second or third inning. Gone by the second or third inning. From the from the 195, I hope the Giants lose so badly. I see that's what that's also the other thing. It's not only do you have the pressure as the Dodgers being, you know, the team with the highest payroll, spending all that money and using all that uh, using all that capital in order to trade for Max Scherzer and Trey Turner. Not only is it that, but I don't think you're sharing the sentiment of a lot of people among baseball fans. I don't think you're sharing the same sentiment as teams outside of the Bay Area. If you don't like the Giants, you don't like the Giants. But my guess is that anyone who's watching this game, which is going to be everybody, everyone's watching it, all eyes are on them. I have a feeling that the Giants are going to be the team that everyone is cheering for. Because the whole 2010, 2012, 2014, the salty feeling that a lot of baseball fans had toward the Giants because they didn't feel like they deserved to be in that spot. Well, now the Dodgers have been spending all this money trading everything for two of the best players in baseball. The only ones who I know outside of the Bay Area who are cheering for the Dodgers are L.A. fans and Juan Soto. (laughs) That's all. Juan Soto. And then for the 707, of course, as I've mentioned through this entire show, it has been done uh, with a heavy heart, knowing of the passing of Ray Fossey. So uh, the.